Hello, folks. I'm Fred McMurray, and... Recording in progress. This is the last episode of 2023, so we want to wish you a Merry Christmas, and... Billers, 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 our franchising. Billers, 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 our franchising. Good afternoon and happy Friday Eve. As Fred mentioned, this is indeed the final episode of 2023. And we hope that you all had a wonderful Christmas. And now, believe it or not, we're on to the new year. Who would have ever guessed? Here we are in 2024. I have to share with you that we have a lot coming up with Pillars uh, this year in 2024. We've got some live in-person events. We've got some lunch and learn scheduled. We've got all kinds of things going on with our franchise brokers and consultants, and we cannot wait to hear from each of you. So if you're interested in some of these things I mentioned, make sure that you go out and subscribe to our e-blast. Keep an eye on social media because there'll be all kinds of excitement brewing about this year's upcoming Pillars of Franchising. But before we get to all that, I'd like to welcome Ty McBride to the show today of Preservin uh, Wood Repair. Ty, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be on today. Oh my gosh, it was so great to meet you and your lovely wife and partner down in Orlando last month. Yeah. Wait, it's still this month, right? The third. It, it is know. still it is still technically this month. That was the third. So yeah, yeah. still this month. <laughs> it's funny how time flies, yet it stands still in other yeah, ways, right. you know? So tell us, so Preservin is a wood repair franchise. And give us a little bit of background about how you got started with this, because you are the founder and the CEO, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I grew up in, in the construction business. I, you know, I got my start cleaning job sites for my grandfather following the 99 tornado. Uh, he started building houses in 72. Uh, this is in Oklahoma, so tornadoes, right? So, right. Uh, but I got my start there. But my career, as I kind of went out on my own path and charted my own journey in home renovation and home building, uh, led me into historic restoration. And yeah. so in historic restoration, you have to follow all of these rules to make sure that it meets these like standards and guidelines and stuff regulated by the government. And, yeah. and one of them is you can never basically replace anything. And so in that, I got introduced to epoxies. And epoxy compounds allow you to repair things Right. Uh, without replacing them. And you can do all kinds of really cool stuff with them. And there's all types of epoxies, but that was my introduction to it. And, uh, you know, this idea set with me for a long time uh, yeah. that I could do so much more than just fix old stuff. Well, like that I have to tell you, when you say old stuff in historic homes, the first thing I envision is some of that really cool, like bubble glass and yeah, yeah. Uh, stained glass windows in the churches. Mm hmm. I think you kind of started along that line too, right? Didn't you have a window repair? Yeah, I did. I have a window. Re I had a window restoration business. That's that's huh? the that's the foundation of this. is It's called it was called Wood Window Rescue. We just fixed wood windows, uh, and we did all kinds of stuff. So wavy glass and bubble glass and stained glass, oh, wow. and 
really, really fun business, really, really difficult business too, right? So I think, and I was like, this is what I love about franchising is you get to work with a founder or a company who's kind of like worked out the kinks. Yeah. Really cool business, really fun business, really hard to find labor for, really challenging. Ooh. And, yeah. you know, there's only so many old windows around, so it's not very scalable. So you kind of fix all the windows in your neighborhood <laughs> or your city and there's not a whole lot more to do. <laughs> right. Uh, and so, but, uh, but no, learned, learned a lot. And like I said, uh, it's interesting that in historic preservation, you would get introduced to new technologies or modern technologies, mm-hmm. but that's where I was introduced to it. And, uh, and like I said, just felt like it had more application just outside of old stuff because, you yeah. know, what rots, it gets wet, yeah. it gets hot and it rots. Well, I would have to think because I have this um, pesty wood uh, garage door frame and my windows <laughs> yeah. were all wood and I had to replace them with vinyl. Yeah. Here in Chicago, it's moist and uh-huh. damp and humid all the time. Um, but I've had it. It just annoys me. And somebody's tried to like patch it. It didn't work. And I need to probably get a product like yours or have it replaced. But it's not cheap to do those replacements. No. And I think, unfortunately, the construction industry, you know, if you listen to micro or any of these people that talk about uh, dirty jobs or the trades, we all know that there's just not enough people entering into them. Right. And so if you have something that needs to get repaired at your house and you want to have somebody that show up that doesn't have a criminal background and, uh, you know, is wearing a clean shirt today and, and has the skills to do it, you know, if you can find somebody, they probably uh, are charging a pretty good amount of money for sure. Uh, or they're just really, really booked up and they don't know when they can get to it. I, I, I hear people all the time talk about, oh, you know, uh, that job is three months out or six months out or something like that. And even for small kind of handyman styled repairs like you're discussing, yeah. those can be way out. And that just doesn't make sense a lot of times for most for most homeowners. Right, right. So tell me a little bit about. Now we so you've gone from the window uh, window rescues and you start to kind of spread your wings into other things. So what all do you do with this epoxy? Yeah, well, so so I would say that this is one of my favorite kind of like ways to think about a business. A business can either be a mile wide and an inch deep, or it can be uh, a mile deep and an inch wide. And so for yeah. us, we're we're a mile deep and an inch wide, and we've got this. We've got this tool, epoxy, and so if it's rotting and it's wood, we can fix it. And so you just really, your imagination can just run wild here, but the quick things to think about, we add just like massive value to what we call our neighbors, our customers. Uh, That would be windows, wood windows, like you said, Mm -hmm. Uh, doors, uh, pergolas, decks, uh, columns, garage doors, uh, and then, you know, depending on where you live, maybe log homes, log cabins, because oh, you know, cool. those things are wood all the way around and those logs yeah. can really can really deteriorate. So it really is, you know, what we can repair and how we can repair it. Like, let your imagination run wild. We just keep it confined in a really tight little box. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes the um, the learning curve. Easier, does it not? Because you're not looking across a big area of different different things that you do it's one thing you do but all kinds of uh surfaces that you fix with that one thing yeah it it makes it to where we can one 
find, you know, we can train our own labor, which I think is really critical mm-hmm. for a home service business. And then, and then two, we can pull, we can pull that labor from outside of the industry because we're just going to teach them this really one specific skill set that doesn't require any of the, like the more dangerous construction tools, like, like saws and things like yeah. that. So it's, it's safer. And so they don't have to have all these like years of experience. Uh, well, and, and I think what we have a really great retention with our technicians because it's also creative. And so they're getting to kind of express themselves and do some unique stuff and be on really kind of unique projects. So they're getting a lot of versatility where in some, some home businesses, it's just the same thing, you know, day in, day out, you go in the backyard, you clean up the dog poop or you paint the house or you clean the gutter out or whatever. It's just the same thing day in and day out. Our technicians one day will be, on a, on a lake house fixing a dock and the next day on a log cabin and the next day uh, a one-room schoolhouse built in 1889. So so, so they cool. really just kind of like span the and, – and so they're just getting these really great experiences while they're out there working. So now as you're talking about all this, I think I read somewhere that you did a a, a thing on HGTV. Is that right? <laughs> Yeah, That's I got my, my favorite 20... channel. Oh, is it? Yeah, I got my 22 <laughs> minutes of fame. That's why I always tell people I got 22 minutes of fame yeah. on a Saturday in August of 2019. Uh, no, so I, we got approached uh, in goodness, I think it was maybe like 2015, 2016. I had made a folk post on Instagram and I had one of these like HGTV headhunters contact me. And they said, Have you ever thought about being HGTV? Wow. And I said, No, but that would be neat. Yeah. Uh, and we started working with a production company. It's such a learning experience on how these shows are made. And it just it just it was just an amazing experience. Uh we get to run a pilot. So we got to fix a house, get to run a pilot. You can find it, I think, out there on the YouTube internet somewhere. Awesome. Uh but uh no, it aired. It didn't get picked up, but uh it was it was an amazing experience, brought attention to uh the neighborhood that I live in that that uh-huh. I love. Mesta Park. And so really cool, really great for our city community. Uh, and I honestly, I'm kind of happy it didn't get picked up uh, because I enjoy <laughs> I enjoy this so much more than I did uh, uh, making television. Well, and that would all be staged as opposed <laughs> to really going out there and seeing all these cool places that you talk about. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I am not the handiest of person, but I do love all those types of homes that you talked about, right? Whether it be the one room schoolhouse or the log cabin or being out at a, you know, a boat dock or whatever. How would somebody like me, I mean, it's interesting to me, but I don't really know anything about it. So to invest in a brand like this, tell me what kinds of things I need to overcome or what would make this brand attractive to me. I think with any, with any small business, the first thing you got to do is you got to overcome that fear of getting started. Because once you overcome that fear of getting started, preservings are a really great fit for people who have a love for their community who really can, you know, like you said, like people who love HGTV can love being part of preserving. You don't need to know how to how to do this stuff because that's the responsibility we take on is to teach you how to do it. And we train you on how to train others. Uh, And so with the epoxy, we really bring down that kind of that skill level that somebody might would think they need to have to to get involved with HGT level, you know, yeah, types of services. Awesome. I think that's really good. So let's, let's talk a little bit about like kind of the day in the life of a franchise owner, because most of our listeners are, they're on the fence right now. They're thinking about investing in a franchise, which brand will it be? What lifestyle are they looking for? Can you tell us a little bit about the day in the life? 
Yeah, you know, I can tell you the day in the life because I've done the day in the life, uh, you know, as being the one who started it up. And for yeah. most of it, you know, uh, you know, early on, it looks like, you know, just grinding out, trying to get everything set up. But once you have your kind of you got got it flowing after maybe six months or so, you know, it looks like connecting with your technicians, checking on their work, doing some quality control, making sure they have all the things they need, the inventory. And then really after that, it's just really about being out in your community. So you're just going to spend the day connecting with people in your community, whether that's going on assessments uh, that our call center books for you. So you're going out there to the jobs and you're looking at them, you're giving quotes on site, same day quotes, or you're going to a real estate lunch and learn. I heard you mention about oh, lunch yeah. and learns. We do real estate lunch and learns. We, you know, so you go in there and you buy everybody, you get a box of donuts and you tell them about the repairs so they can recommend you when they come up with these things during the sale process, huge referral partner. And then it might look like spending some other time and maybe a business, local business networking thing. So really you're just kind of in your community networking with people. And so always, you know, we're looking at potential franchisees. We're not looking for people who have construction experience. We're looking for people who can get excited about their community, get excited about houses and who will enjoy just talking to people and telling them how we can help them out like neighbors. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about where your where your franchisees are located today and where are you looking to go? Yeah, so our we have two fran we have three locations currently open at this point right now into the into 2023 and of course that's our corporate location here in Oklahoma City. Uh we have a franchise in Tulsa. Uh, he opened up uh, mid, mid of the year this in 2023. And then we have one in Orlando, Florida. That's a multi-unit done semi-absentee that opened up in July. No, August. It opened up in August. Okay. So that's where that's where we're currently open, where we will open in Q1. Early Q2 is going to be Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, really excited about that one. There's just so much rot there and you know, wood <laughs> deterioration in that part of the country. And then the next one is Nashville. And uh, being a country music fan, I'm excited to be yeah. in Nashville. And uh, and my wife, uh, she's excited for us to make some trips to Nashville to go see some live music. So, oh, for uh, sure. and excited for preserving, of course. Yeah, well. yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> well, that's the that's the fringe benefits of having a right. It's expanding. So, what are some of the target markets that you'd really like to get into in say 2024, 2025? Yeah. So. Our big focus for us is really looking at the uh, south uh, east part of the United States. Mm-hmm. That's like our big focus, and then we really like some of the the New England stuff. And so that's where that's where our efforts are at right now. Of course, uh, wood rot is everywhere, and so it makes sense in so many different markets. Right. But uh, Atlanta, Dallas, uh, Houston. Uh, all of Florida. Florida is literally rotting away. So all of Florida, Tampa, Miami. <laughs> well, they're sinking too. I think right. They're sinking. They're <laughs> rotting. It's it's hot. It's wet. Uh, and and it's got the fungus that causes rot. So so yeah. we would love to see a lot more expansion in Florida. Well, I think what's interesting about that, um, and I love how you said, well, it's really it, it's it's full of rot, right? About the South Carolina is that those are markets that a lot of people are looking to retire in. And so you could have somebody out there who's ready to really kind of step away from their corporate job soon, but not quit working entirely. And that makes this a really great model, a good opportunity. When when I bought my franchise, the first thing uh, my broker said to me is, well, where do you want to live? I'm like, well, well, right now I live in Chicago. She goes, yeah, but where do you want to live? Because if you want to live somewhere, look 
at the areas you want to go to to yeah. open your business. And I thought, oh, what a great idea. Unfortunately, that didn't work for me. <laughs> but well, I mean, now, city, so. I, yeah, I mean, now yeah. I'm at that age where I'm like, yeah, why not open a business where I really want to be and get something started there? It's really a great idea. So I think that's going to really help you a lot conveniently that those are the rotty areas and they happen to be the places people want to retire. So, yeah. very good. so last question before we have the break. Tell me a little bit about the culture of your company and um, what it's like for someone to join Preservant. Well, the culture of our company, because we're we're a mission based company. Uh, Painted is a mural in our in our training room uh, that says uh, we save the future by preserving the past. And everybody on our team, on our leadership team, on our are are committed to that mission. So it's mission first, uh, and so that's our culture. And so. We we're all about winning together in this mission. And so I think and I think that that's something that that will stay part of our culture because it it was there at the very beginning. But that is that is what's really critical. And so, you know, uh, from uh, from myself as the founder, my co-founder and business partner, uh, my wife, but even all the way down to to Lindsay, who uh, is one of our lead CSRs, who answers our phones and sets our appointments. Like we're all committed to this mission, and you know it's ingrained in us when we hire. It's ingrained in yeah. us when we're recruiting franchisees and talking to potential candidates. Like, can can you get in on the mission? Because it's not just about wood rot; it's about this right. mission that we have. Yeah, I think that's great too, and it points it, it paints a vision in my head of these old houses being revived. Again, being an HGTV geek, I can't help but to think of some of those and and the old, this old house, right? That, that yeah, have, yeah. You know, those are great, great episodes. So, okay, well, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I want to get into more of the brass tacks with you about, so what are we talking to invest and what does that include? So we'll be right back in a moment, right after this. Hey, franchise owners, how's your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new move-ins to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, and ad placement, and customer data intelligence, We'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine with a y.com. I have to say, I love going to West Vine because they're down in Pismo Beach and the weather there is beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to point out, because I I failed to mention in the beginning here, this um, epoxy that you use, this is a special thing just for you, right? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so uh, we we worked with an epoxy uh, manufacturer to develop our own line of epoxy that's specifically designed for our repair service. And so there's a couple of things that make it really unique. One is the system and the way that we're able to warranty uh, or guarantee the repairs for our our technicians. So so we have a 10-year guarantee. We worked with them to develop that. And in addition to that, we're able to have multi-temperature, multi-colored epoxies and tents 
so that we can do more repairs. Like I said, that's where that imagination can really run wild with what we can repair. So we developed our own epoxy that's exclusively only available through our franchisees. Very cool. Very in a 10-year warranty. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's the stuff great. will the epoxy will last forever. Like literally forever. It's it, it, it's plastic. I mean, that's it's right. essentially what it is. Uh but uh yeah, it's it's amazing stuff and it has it is one of like I always say we're we're a technology company, not not that like not computer technology, though we yeah. do have some really great programs, but as in resin technology, we're always looking out there, always kind of trying to advance that, uh, see and what's available as these resins uh, progress and the technology develops over time, which is really exciting, uh, you know, to be involved in. Very cool. Well, let's get down to some of the brass tacks, as I always refer to them. And this is where those of you who are interested in preserving, now that we've told you kind of the backstory, get out your pencils and get ready to make some notes. Let's talk about how uh, the investment range works, your franchise fee, that kind of stuff. So our, our franchise fee is 50000 uh, in our investment range, including that franchise fee, uh, I'm going to just double check my notes. I think it, no, it is. It's uh, 81 to yep. 130 is, is our investment level. And that includes that franchise fee. Uh, and it really, I mean, I think includes, you know, all the stuff it takes to start up a business. And when we think about that range, uh, I always tell people to think about the range and how quick do you want to get started in your investment? Like, right. do you want to grow slow and kind of just like trickle along? That's okay. That's how I did it getting started. Of course, bootstrapping. Right. Uh, or do you want to, do you want to launch off like a rocket that high, that yeah. high side is launching off like a rocket. That low side is, uh, is, is, is stepping into it and building into it. Both are okay with me as long as yeah. a person's got the right heart and ready for our culture. Uh, but that's kind of how to think about the investment range. That's interesting. And how about, so does that, is that affected by territory size and how do you determine a territory size for someone? So that, the territory size is one of my favorite things about our FDD and, and, and really unique for us. I think my franchise attorney told me he never say anything quite like it, which is our territory size is based off of the wood deterioration zone that the, that the territory is in. And so because wood deterioration is not equal, I mean, it happens right. all across the U.S. regardless of where you live, but it's not equal. Uh, it doesn't rot as fast and as much in in. Phoenix, Arizona, as it does in Tampa, right. Florida. Uh -huh. uh, and so we actually have different sizes of territory based on the deterioration zone they're in. And so kind of like the broad spectrum is that Phoenix, Arizona would be 300,000 houses. Uh -huh. uh, but then Florida, Tampa would be 100,000. Okay. And that investment level is per is per territory. Now, we do like multi-unit and we have found that uh, there's good success in like two and three unit uh units and sure. we have some some really good uh, discounts that uh, will reduce that 50,000 for multi unit per territory. That's awesome. And what do you find I, I know you can't say exactly but how long do you find it takes people to actually start turning a profit? Is this a one or two year venture? I mean your your gross margin is you've got a very healthy gross margin. Um I would I would think it's not terribly long. No, I mean, depending on exactly, you know, there's so many factors here, but if you were to sure. run a really lean, uh, efficient business and not and not get distracted in a bunch of waste, and maybe you're an owner operator, so you're actually running it yourself and hiring technicians, uh, I think you could see profitability, uh, your cash flow positive typically in about six months, and you're, you're probably looking at profitability 
within within after the first year. That's awesome. Very cool. And then let's talk about because the the question of this past year anyway seems to always have been about well, what do you have that's passive or semi-passive, right? Everybody wants to, I call it dabbling in it. Um, I have my own opinion about that, but I'm curious to hear kind of what you would like to see out of your franchisees in terms of engagement. Yeah, you know, I think that we we do have semi-absentee owners currently, and we are yeah. seeing great success. What I will say about them is they are seasoned uh, home service professionals that are that yeah. are able to run semi-absentee. And so I will say that, uh, and what I'll say, so that means that it is there is a there's an opportunity for that. So uh, I, I I I've run my own location semi-absentee. For me, that looks like 10 ish hours a week working directly uh-huh. from the business. Uh, so I would say that there is definitely opportunity for that, depending on a person's experience in leadership and management and their capital they're able to invest. Uh, right. Semi-absentee is very realistic. Uh, if not from the very beginning, probably after the first year, you could start to to transition into that model. Okay, that's awesome. I like to I like to kind of give people that idea because it just seems to be something everybody's you know, talking about these days. So yeah. I think some of that might be the fear of jumping 100% in and giving up 100% of, you know, whatever they've got going on currently. So I, I know you have a lot of really great things that you offer your franchisees. Um, can you kind of go through some of those things, whether it be training, advertising, hiring, all that good stuff? Yeah, all the above, right? So <laughs> I would say that the uh, the things that you know, we just believe in over supporting uh, because once again, going back to that mission, this is a mission for us. And so right. it, it really is about what we're doing for the planet, what we're doing for the environment, what we're doing for our communities. And so we take that really serious. And we want to make sure we support the franchises in a way that's going to set them best up for success. The first thing is, is with the labor side of things. It, you listen to anything for very long. Like I said, we know there's a labor problem in the trades. We want to help people solve that problem. And our training our, our recruiting and training helps them do that. We have tested all of our technicians that gone through. We've seen which ones are successful, which ones aren't. We know the metrics that will identify technicians, people that are likely to be successful. And the yeah. cool thing is they don't have to come from the construction space. Some of our top technicians were were graphic designers before they got a job here. Uh, yeah. So they were working in an office uh, somewhere. So, but we're able to, we're able to help. Our process is great at, at recruiting them, training them and setting them on a path for success. Uh, and also because for a number of different reasons, and I think we could talk about this a little bit more if we, when we talk about maybe item 19 yep. is we're able to pay our technicians very well uh, because they're not, we're not comparing apples to apples. So in a lot of home service businesses, it's very competitive. Your labor is very mm-hmm. competitive. And so you're, it, you unfortunately you've got to get a, you're driving down the wages because you know, there's so much turnover. There's not a lot of experience. And so we're able to keep our wages pretty good. So that's one thing that we really train and spend a lot of time on. The other is the marketing side. I want to be honest when people talk about preserving, nobody has ever heard of wood rot repair. Like, like we do it right. Like they've heard of buying a new window. They've heard of replacing their door. Uh, yeah. They've heard of calling a handyman but they've never really heard of doing it this way. And so we take on the responsibility of marketing so we can make sure they're finding success in their market. And that's one of, you know, that's my second favorite thing we do because when we were training uh, our last location, they were here in Oklahoma city 
and we had started running ads while they were here. And it's so fun <laughs> to listen to the call center booking appointments for work while our franchisee is here or when they go home because the demand is so high. I mean, like I said, like wood is rotting everywhere yeah. you go. You've got it in Chicago. I've got it in Oklahoma and yeah. everybody's got it down in the South. And so it, it, but we know how to target those people to get those leads. And yeah. that's something we really specialize in for our, for our franchisees. That, that's super cool. I, I've heard of people at, you know, in different industries, they're sitting there in training and they're already getting jobs booked and they're like, oh my gosh, as soon as we get home, we have work to do, right? Yeah, how great yeah. is that? You know? <laughs> so let's talk a little bit, you mentioned it. Let's talk a little bit about the item 19. And yeah. what are some good things on it? Because you're an emerging brand, I usually tell people, you know, if you're uncomfortable with a limited data set, look at the leadership team and where they came from and what they've accomplished. So tell me what you want us to know about the item 19 and then about your leadership team. Absolutely. So about our leadership team, I'll start there. Uh, I think, I think we have a great one. We're all, like I said earlier, committed to the culture. Uh, My business partner, Morgan is kind of our operations guy. He is, and we have, you know, we have some really great, uh, People focused on our training, marketing directors. So we have a really good leadership team that I think is all just like committed to supporting our mission, which includes our franchisees. Uh, you know, my favorite thing about the FDD, other than the profit margins, which are good, yeah. is how realistic it is. And so, like you said, I mean, uh, Preservin was started officially, launched as this service business in 2021. Mm-hmm. Our FDD reports on our first full year of 2022, and that's of, of a whole business. So a lot of times I think when you're looking at an emerging brand's FDD and their item 19, you might be looking at something that is 10, 20 years in the market, and now they franchised. Right. Well, we knew the demand was there because we had done the research. Our our item 19 is is, is 18 months old. And right. so when you're looking at those numbers, you're looking at something that is very Realistic into what you could be having yeah. in, in 12 or 18 months. So it's just a, a more honest, at least from an emerging brand standpoint, it's a lot more honest than than something would be if it was a 10-year established business. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's actually a really good um way to look at it. And I think because it's it's such fresh data, right? It tells you what's going on in the markets today. Yeah. Absolutely. But other than that, the other thing too, I mean, uh people have often been impressed by the profit margin. That is something I think you, you might have even mentioned that. Like I yeah. think, you know, with our gross profit margin after all, all of our epoxy supplies and paying our technicians right at about 65% after disclosed expenses, franchise expenses, we're coming right in the mid forties, 44 ish percent. And people like, well, that's impressive. How is that? How is that possible? Or something like that. Yeah. And I think the trick is here we're not comparing apples to apples when we're when we're meeting somebody on a job site. They've been looking for weeks. Maybe they've gotten, you know, they got windows to replace and they've got a hundred quotes or yeah. a dozen quotes for twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars, even yeah. more on some houses. And our average ticket is fifteen hundred at, at these wow. profit margins. And so we're offering such massive value to our neighbors and to the end user. Yeah. That we're able then to have this really, really healthy profit margin, yep. which we can then in turn pay all of our technicians significantly more than the market living wage. Yeah. Once again, going back to how we're able to retain 
and recruit great technician talent. Mm -hmm. And so I think that those things kind of go in together. And I just the clarity and the transparency of, of our, of our item 19 is, is um, we're really proud of it and, and everybody who helped put us together. Yeah, I think that's great. And, you know, the other thing is you talk about the staffing and the training, um, you know, some people don't have a lot of background in hiring and training and things of that nature. And so not only is this helpful, but you're also not necessarily looking at a team of 50 techs, right? No, no not at all. I mean, like how many average techs for one of your biggest businesses do you have? Well, single territory uh, that is, you know, after 12 months can probably sustain two to three vehicles per territory. Uh, and each one of those vehicles uh, is going to do around 160,000 per vehicle. So once okay. the math to scale is really simple too. So you're like, yeah. oh, I'm ready to grow. Okay, well, we'll just add another vehicle, do some marketing, hire a technician, but you don't have to have a crew. Right. And that's why the semi-absentee thing starts to make sense once you get this experience yeah. is you're managing two or three people doing, you know, 300 plus thousand dollars a year at a 65% gross profit margin. You can see how this yeah, makes for sense. Sure. It's not, and with the, with the technology uh, that now is available with our CRM allows for, we we know where our technicians were, are at. We know what they're clocked into. We're tracking their time. We're tracking their material. Uh, we have a photo sharing app so we can see what they're doing, when they're doing it. We can all be connected together. The entire awesome. franchise is connected together in the photo sharing app. So we can just see all this work happening. So you're able yeah. to kind of keep a pulse on your business uh, from from a coffee shop, from the home office or uh, or, or, or from from the pool. I don't know wherever wherever you want to go. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I want to shout out because you have a couple of um, discounts that are available yeah. As well, off the initial franchise fee. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? I do. Both of them are are really important to to us here. Yeah. Uh, our first one, of course, uh, and, and we're not the only one to have this, is uh, for veterans, just to honor those that have, have served in the armed services. And uh, I think that they can be some of the most amazing uh, entrepreneurs yes. out there, especially in a franchise. Uh, and so, so we have a discount to honor them. Uh, it's 10%. But we have a really unique thing that's unique to me personally and, and where I live, but uh, we have a Native American discount. I am uh, a citizen of the Potawatomi Nation, and uh, which is from which is from your area. I've been down yes. there on the river, and it says, uh, this is Potawatomi land. Yeah. 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 So, I grew up uh, in Michigan, and there's a bunch of stuff up there, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm a citizen of the Potawatomi Nation. Uh, our first franchise uh, franchisee. Uh, Blake in Tulsa is also a member of the uh, Potawatomi Nation. And we just felt like it was would be really great to encourage Native Americans to join uh, small business ownership uh, and uh, and and to and to give them this opportunity. Uh, So it's available to any tribe. Uh, You don't have to be any specific tribe. You just have to uh, have your uh, uh, CIB card or your tribal enrollment proof and, and and it's a 10% discount. And and we're really excited for that one. It's, we're really passionate about that. Yeah. When I saw that, I'm like, we have got to talk about that because of <laughs> all the brands, I've not seen it before. And it is such a cool thing to give Thank back you. to people who've had so much taken from them yeah. that it's, it's really, it's really cool. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm now thinking about where do I want to retire? 
<laughs> right? Florida? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not so... The, the thing is, the, the controversy is I'm not so big on the humidity because that's what I mean. Yeah. That's where the rot is, right? Yeah. So, yeah. You know, surprisingly, though, people don't think about this uh, because I've I, we, we've talked to some people in like Santa Fe, right? Santa Fe is pretty yeah. dry, mm-hmm. but there's so much more wood used outside because it's drier. People yeah. put, they build more log log homes, more wood features that the sun, the UV rays break down. And so, so, and you get more territory there. So be great for Santa Fe as well. And Santa Fe is a yeah. great place to, to go. Yeah. One of my favorites. I got to check that out. You know, it's all about looking at where they don't tax your social security right now. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> all these things you consider when you get older, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I am super excited. So tell me, you have a great website, by the way. I was Thank on that you. earlier checking it out. I love to see you and your little boys sitting on the floor. <laughs> I was guessing that was probably your boys. But then when you shared that with me, I was like, oh, of course they are. They're so cute. And they are twins. I know they don't look like it, but they but they are they are twins or two minutes apart. Uh, but yeah, wow. no, thank you. Yeah, it was great. It's great meeting you in person and your wife. And uh, I, I just really can't wait to see what's happening with this franchise in the next year. I expect that you guys will have some amazing growth. And um, where would you like people to contact you, except for through the show, to have that have more questions? Honestly, I, I, I'm not going to regret putting this out there. Find me on LinkedIn. Uh, Ty McBride, you can search me LinkedIn. Uh, you can message me. I'm, I'm really pretty active there. I'd love to answer anybody's questions. Uh, I'm kind of an open book. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be this way until I can't be this way anymore as far as, <laughs> you know, accessibility. But right now I'd love to talk to anybody who just wants to know what this journey could look like for them. And yeah. so we, we do have a franchise development guy and he's going to hate that I'm like taking this away from him, but <laughs> But I just love I just love connecting with uh, with people out there as they start to embark on this journey. Well, and I think that is what's so cool about a guy like you who's open and being an emerging brand, because there are a lot of people who don't want to talk to a development guy. No offense to the development guys out there. <laughs> right. No, yeah. no offense, James. <laughs> yeah. But but they want to know from the guy who did it. Right. Like, what is this going to be for me? And so I appreciate the fact that you're throwing that out there. And we'll obviously have all your contact information on the credits of the show and people can go back and revisit this episode if they want to hear some of the things we talked about again. But I look forward to having you on in 2024 and talking about the explosive growth that you've had at Preservin. I look forward to having that conversation as well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So listen, go and have a great New Year's Eve and uh, hugs and love to your family. And I hope that this year is everything that you hope it will be. Thank you so much. It's been great to be on. All right. Thanks, Ty. Have a great day. You too. 50 graduates resulting in seven new franchisees owning eight franchise brands, more than a dozen skilled graduates who are employees of franchise companies, all of them having earned a concentration in franchising exclusively granted by the Titus Center at Palm Beach Atlantic University, plus more than 80 franchise professionals on our advisory board that Titus Center for Franchising is on fire in West Palm Beach, Florida. What do you need to join us? My students want to hear from you. They may even want to buy your franchise or work for your company. TitusCenter.com It's always great to hear from John Hayes, and I'm so excited to think about going down to Palm Beach here in just a few weeks for the Selling Franchises Boot Camp on June, I'm sorry, June, I wish it was June, 
January 18th and 19th down at Palm Beach Atlantic. We always get to meet with some of their graduates, their current students, and talk to some really great brands uh, that are looking to grow and uh, a lot of great suppliers as well. So I look forward to seeing that and want to thank you all for joining us on the show today. Ty, it was so wonderful having you here Thanks. talking about the brand and you could just feel the passion. And uh, we want to thank all of our contributors each and every week. It's been an amazing 2023 with a lot of contributions. Jerry Akers, Ray Pillar, Laura Liss, Karen Kimsey Sword from Dale Carnegie. Um, please don't let me leave anyone out. Of course, our producer, Fred McMurray, and our behind-the-scenes gal, uh, Heidi. And not only that, but Michelle uh, Rumpel with Westvine Marketing has been really critical in helping us grow. So if I've missed you, please, it's just because I'm doing this with no script today. And I hope you all have a wonderful 2024 and all that we have going on. Please join us again next week. Uh, we've got another great guest for you, and it will be the first show of 2024. So with that, Please remember that Pillars of Franchising is indeed your source for franchising success. And remember, the dream starts here. Have a great week. Recording stopped.